Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Good morning and welcome to the After Bell podcast brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. I'm Georgie, Director of Learning Development. In last week's After the Bell podcast, we focused on tutoring as a career choice and shared advice when considering the journey. It can be an incredibly rewarding role. However, we did touch on the fact that sometimes it can feel a little bit lonely. So how important community and well-being can be to make sure that you can be successful. Today, we are joined by Rebecca Cracknell, one of our tutors, and also Lorna Bradford, our Head of Quality Assurance and Impact. And we're going to discuss the support available to make sure as a tutor, you prioritise your well-being to be the best you can when you show up for your students. Great to have you here again, Rebecca and Lorna. Um, And Lorna, it'd be great if you could start by just sort of sharing some of your experiences around well-being. Um, You've been in education for a number of years and a number of different guises. So um, what kind of um, experiences, positive and negative, can you share with us today? Thanks, Georgie. Absolutely. It's it's a funny old world, the world of schools and education, because it is simply one of the best worlds that you can be involved in. And there's nothing as fulfilling and rewarding as being a teacher or an educator or a member of support staff in a school that's um, helping to improve the life chances and outcomes of young people. You know, what could be better than that? But the reality is that that can take a toll on one's mental health and and personal well-being. And it's well documented that levels of um, stress and challenges amongst educators and school professionals are quite high. Um, Pre-COVID and (laughs) then through the pandemic, a whole new world of of challenges was, was in front of us. There is a, a significant um, dialogue nowadays around the well-being of staff in schools, and I'm really pleased that that is taking more of a front and centre approach um, and that most school leaders seem to be taking it really seriously, which I'm all for. Um, but the reality is that if you're working in a school, you're likely to be working very long hours um, intensively. From the moment you get there to the moment you leave, it's likely that every minute is accounted for um, with lessons, duties, assemblies, children turning up at your classroom at break time, whatever it might be. Um, And those are joyous moments in some regards, but also there's very little time for you to do your work. Um, they, they say that that teaching and working in a school is the only job where you have to work before you go to work to be able to do your work at work. And that's absolutely true. And, and many teachers and their families will have seen the hours of preparation that go on at home at the weekends, evenings, early mornings um, to, to make sure that that you're able to provide the best possible education that you can for for young people and that's that's part of the the deal and we we know that and of course it is offset by great holidays of course but even during holidays many many teachers and staff are in schools and working and and planning for the for the next um stage i think that whilst we're not going to dwell on it too much the pandemic has um 
has changed things. I don't know if I'm confident to say it's improved it or, or not yet, but but there's definitely more um, conversation and dialogue around more flexible working, around the importance of giving educators and, and um, teaching staff a little bit of headspace um, and appreciating the role that they do. Um, you know, through, throughout the pandemic, teachers became social workers, they became childcare provision, they became all these different roles that we weren't ready for, but we stepped up, we filled the gap and we and we supported the best we could. And that's maybe changing how people um, have, have viewed or, or currently view the profession. Um, I think that there's a lot of organisations doing brilliant things for mental health and wellbeing. Um, I've seen some schools actually do full mental health days as part of their, their training programme. So rather than a teacher training day, um, they spend time making sure that professionals have the chance to do something for them. That's really good. Building in wellbeing activities into CPD provision is, a, is another good thing that I've seen. Um, but But all of this is is sort of in its infancy, I, I think, in, in my experience. And whilst we've made a good start, I feel there's still quite a long way to go with it. Um, I'm not dwelling too much on the negatives because I still believe it's the best <laughs> job in the world. Uh, however, you know, we need to be realistic around around what happens in schools, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Managing expectations and also um, not just in a school environment, if you're a tutor and you, you're working on your own, is how do you touch base? How do you connect? They're all key things that really, really add value and support you in your well-being. And Rebecca, you've been on sort of that side of um, the, the situation um, around sort of being a tutor and, and starting your career. What What's your experiences around well-being been? Um, yeah, well, well-being was one of the reasons I uh, pursued a career in tutoring. Um, I was a teacher and my partner, um, he's now a head teacher, but he was on um, a leadership team. And when we had children, the option of um, both of us working in a school full time just didn't feel very viable for us. Um, I know there are lots of people who do it and... Um, like I really respect those people but it didn't feel like something that we we could manage um and so the idea of um being a tutor where you could sort of balance that work-life balance a bit more effectively was one of the things that uh, led me into the career um what I found though was a lot of those um issues relating to well-being or the potential issues relating to well-being are still kind of there but you as a tutor uh, are more responsible for managing those so um something you often find when you speak to teachers is they, they sometimes never feel like they can do enough. There's that child who you always want to be able to give that bit more to, or um, as you were speaking about Lorna, you're taking on board some of their emotional um, issues or their issues to do with their own well-being and, and you want to support them in that way. And being a tutor, that doesn't go away. Um, however, you, you need to be in a position where you're able to um, know who to call upon for support for those people when you need it, um, but also that you are able to protect your own your own well-being um, when you're looking after other people too. Um, so um, I think where we've spoken um, about the idea of it being sometimes quite isolating, um, if you don't have the right things in place, that can be the biggest sort of challenge to your well-being when you are working as a tutor, I would say. 
Absolutely. And I think um, the, the tutoring role, it, it, it is uniquely flexible, but it, it requires you to be quite autonomous. Um, and uh, so reaching out and actually being able to make connections and, and focusing on your well-being then becomes a significant priority as well. Lorna, you get an opportunity to talk to a lot of tutors within your role as head of quality assurance and impact. What's kind of the, the feedback that you've uh, experienced? So something that has really stuck out to me when speaking to some of our amazing tutors is that they are incredibly proactive and organised and make their time work for them. Um, because we've talked about in previous podcasts the benefit of tutoring, um, but it would be very easy to let that time slip away when you're no longer confined to the, the daily mechanisms of a school because you're, you're a tutor. That's great, but there could be the tendency to let that time slip away and maybe not use it to its full potential. So some of the best tutors that I've seen are well planned, well organised, set themselves time aside to get their planning and preparation done, go in, do their tutoring, evaluate it, feedback, and then they move on to the next bit. And I think that is really important for their well-being, actually, um, because what we don't want to see necessarily in, in tutors is that same amount of workload and pressure that we see from schools. That's one of the biggest benefits of coming out of school and going into tuition is that you have that flexibility and you have that time. But if you're not making that time work for you, then, you know, was it worth it? Was it worth the, the jump, I suppose? Um, so I think that's really important. And the, the tutors that I talk to appreciate that flexibility, appreciate that um, their time is their own to do what they wish but they need to make their free time work for them. And, and many of them, we've had lots of conversations about new hobbies and pastimes and family time that they've been able to, to recoup that they just weren't having um, previously. And that's, that's really wholesome and fulfilling to hear. I'm, I'm really pleased about that. It's great to hear that actually it's really working for a lot of our tutors, um, you know, that that kind of that flexibility and work life balance. And we've seen a real shift in sort of people's different structures and, and you know, particularly with COVID and the pandemic coming through, people have actually realised the value of family life and being at home a lot more. So, you know, tutoring does offer that flexibility. Um, one of the things that um, we we I'd quickly identified here at um, uh, Connects Education is that actually that need for connection and and uh, a need for self management and and self reflection is also so important and um, and providing some sort of strategies and and um, support um, externally is also really been one of our priorities. Um, we've recently worked and collaborated with a company called um, Create Positive and developed um, a whole wellbeing programme for our tutors and our teaching assistants called Positive Classroom Partnership. Um, and it, it goes through a sort of a series of different sort of modules focusing on sort of languishing to flourishing, getting to the heart of your tutoring and how to craft relationships, because that actually becomes a skill in itself. Um, confirming what your actual tutoring identity is and, and your why, why you get up every day and why you want to do your role is also really, really key. Rebecca, does that kind of resonate with you at all? 
Yeah, most definitely. I think in our our last conversation, we talked about um, really thinking about your own strengths and um, exploiting those. And as Lorna said there, you know, thinking about the benefit of having more time or being in control of your time can be great. But it without the discipline to make that work for you, it can it can slip away. And without thinking about bringing it back to, as you say, your why, why, why is it that I'm doing this? Why am I choosing to do it in this way? You um, can lose that sense of focus. Um, and I think, you know, for me, tutoring, it fits perfectly for my family life. Um, and that's great. But on those days where I'm like, oh, well, I just want to plan this little bit more because it'll be great for that. I, I, I need to respect the fact that I have set aside time for planning and I've set aside time for assessment. And I've set in the same way that your school timetable may have previously done. If you're able to do that, then you can really focus on your why and really get the idea that you are getting from this what you need. Um, and, and that for me has been really important, being able to kind of um, establish what my week is going to look like, what, uh, when and how I'm going to do the different tasks that make up my tutoring role. Because I think for people who don't really understand tutoring, they kind of go, well, it's how much an hour? What, what, uh, uh, you it isn't just your hour that you're giving when you're working with or your half hour or whatever it is that you're doing when you're working with a student um you are you are putting in still the planning time still the assessment time still the communication with the school or the parent time all of those things are still part of your role and being really clear about when and how you do those things means that you can you can then focus on all of the benefits um, and really um, enjoy your um, your time that for many of us is is the reason why we get into it in the first place. Absolutely. And I, I love that that I think what you're you're focusing on there is the, the importance of routine and um, and being self-managed and managing your timetable and and not being distracted or pulled in in different areas. Lorna, you, I'm sure you've got some sort of, you know, thoughts and experiences on that on that as well. I think that the the character traits of teachers and tutors align themselves really nicely to that anyway. You know, we're busy educators. Uh, there's no wiggle room in our lives, especially those with with family and, and other commitments. Um, and I think that, you know, just maximising your time and potential is is really important. And it's something that we all do day in, day out. Anyway, modern life is busy, isn't it? There's no getting away from that. And um, being able to cram it all in is is quite a skill. Um, I, I think that tuition lends itself really well to flexible working um, and to um, creating that time for well-being and your own health and, and priorities. But it doesn't just come without thinking about, you know, you have to still um, make time and set time aside, like Rebecca was mentioning there, to have a little bit of discipline throughout the day and throughout the weeks. And a bit of short to medium term planning never goes, you know, amiss. Um, so I think that that is still really important because we do have lots of plates to spin and balls to juggle. So it's important that we we keep an eye on all of those things and, and don't let them slip for our overall well-being, I would say. Absolutely. 
Thank you so much there. So Rebecca, I think we've touched on some of the proactive tips that, that you've sort of experienced. Um, and how, whereabouts can you recommend that tutors go to? I mean, I, I shared about the Positive Classroom Partnership, but is there anywhere else that you can go to access support for your wellbeing? Well, I think that comes back to your own personal, personal network. Um, as you say, uh, I think if you have different people in your life who provide you with different degrees of support. So the person that you can talk to about tutoring, the person that you can talk to about education and using them as a sounding board for that so that then it doesn't sort of seep into all aspects all, all aspects of your life. And then having the person who maybe um, you turn to for aspects of like how to manage your day um when you're working for yourself and 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 being sure that your your connections are um are supporting what you're actually seeking from them so you so really thinking about the different network that you have so that you're you're not just um speaking solely to tutors but you've still got your connections in school and you've still got the idea that you are um, developing your knowledge in certain ways by following practices that are like in line with current education so you don't feel like you're slipping further and further away from school life um, because that can be sometimes a bit of a challenge when you're working as a tutor too and making sure that you you've got that network in place um, and that the support you then access as as you say from like your well-being program is is really focused on what you need um and and not just um and, and, and not just, I think, um, Lorna, you spoke about this in a previous episode, the idea that you, you're you're keen to ask questions from people if you need help and you need support, but you're asking the right question to the right person rather than um, kind of sometimes, well, I, I've made the choice to to step out of school life and I'm going to uh, stay at home and be with my family. Your family maybe aren't the, pers aren't the people who can provide that degree of support. You need to keep all of those avenues open so that when you've got a question or a concern about the way in which you are now working, you can direct it to the right person. That's great. Thank you, Rebecca. I think the, having the um, your own little network of support um, for different roles and, and different sort of support um, one of the, the other things that I think I can recommend is actually having a mentor or somebody that is experienced as, as a tutor um, so that you can almost have a, a virtual coffee on a regular basis and, and unpack oh, how that session went. The kind of thing that you would traditionally do if you were in a school, in a staff room and you sit down and have a coffee and go, oh, that session, this, that, the other, so that you, you can actually truly have a, a someone that you can pick up the phone and and you're not feeling so isolated but also equally when there is a you know a serious concern or challenge you know where to go that you're not sort of dwelling on a, a difficult situation as well because unfortunately there are situations that you will need to escalate back to the school or to a, a DSL for example. Lorna is there anything you'd like to build on that? I think just stepping outside of um, programmes, <coughs> excuse me, schools and um, what we can do internally, it's very much about the individual and what makes you happy and finding what makes you happy and seizing the opportunity to, to do it. I mean, we can't overlook the impact of getting outdoors, having a walk in woods or an open space, 
bit of yoga. You might be an arty person, a crafty person. You might like to play music. All those things are really good for the soul, aren't they? And everybody's different. Everybody finds passion in, in different areas and enjoyment in different areas. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be a set program. It doesn't have to take too much time. But by building in the opportunity to do things that we enjoy and that we love into our routine, that's a really positive step. And from experience being in school, um, the the longer I spent in education and the um, higher I progressed throughout my career, if you like, the less time I had for myself. Um, I used to play netball every week regularly. And I remember that when I became a member of the senior leadership team, that stopped because I didn't have time for that anymore because my job was everything. And whilst I loved my job, I also recognise that I dropped something that was really important to me and that I really enjoyed and was was important for my health. Um, so I think that by building time into your week as a tutor to do the things that you love and make you happy and healthy is is really important and shouldn't be overlooked. It's not always about signing up to a course or waiting for somebody else to improve your well-being for you. It's about taking a bit of ownership and and being proactive in that area, I would suggest. Yeah, totally. I know for me, um, when I'm when I'm having a bad day, definitely going and playing a little bit of football with my chocolate Labrador puppy really, really uh, brings everything down to perspective. You can guarantee a dog or young children will uh, make you smile. But if not, walk in nature or a quick telephone call with a friend is also a really good uh, way to sort of you know put things in perspective and, and give you a bit of reality so overall here's a big question Rebecca has your well-being improved since you started working as a tutor oh most definitely yeah no there there is no way that it is comparable um being in charge of my own routine much more has really really benefited the way in which i feel and um as lorna's talking about being able to have time in the week to do the things that i love um and like really reconnecting with those things has made me feel so much better than when I was when I was in a school full time. Um, it's also worked for my family life, which has alleviated some of that mum guilt that I used to feel. Um, and it's 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 meant that when I am working with students, I love working with the students too. Yes. Um, it doesn't just feel like oh okay, it's ten o'clock my next class are coming in in the door now it's oh I get to meet with so and so again and I get to really enjoy those sessions too um, and it, it it's kind of reignited my passion for teaching too um, so that every every time I have a session with a student I know that I'm really planned and prepared for it because I really want to do it it isn't just another time in my day um, so most definitely it's definitely improved my well-being and ultimately they will know that they will pick up on that your your pupils are going to benefit from knowing that you're well planned and prepared and that you're actually enthusiastic and you want to be there and and you can give them a little bit of of your well-being sort of over virtually or face to face I think that really I always say I get as much from the sessions as they do just as brilliant different way yeah brilliant and and actually that 
could really make a difference in getting them to sort of re-engage back into learning if they're not having the best experience. It's it's a, a wonderful way of um, sort of reigniting a bit of um, energy and enthusiasm. And often it's with tutoring, it's not necessarily the academic progress either. It it's the it's the pastoral support. Um, you you're that sort of additional eyes and ears there for them or they feel the confidence that they can unpack something a bit um, a bit further that they perhaps wouldn't have been comfortable putting their hand up in the class um, to go back over if they don't understand so um, but if you're in a good space then they're going to really reap the benefits as well so Lorna your overall uh, you've stepped out of sort of mainstream education and sort of doing a more quality assurance role and um how would you say sort of and, and from your experience talking to tutors has your well-being improved it's it's difficult because you know the the things that are brilliant about being in school i miss <laughs> yeah. and i i can't you know deny that i i miss the regular interaction with my students and my colleagues um, but the the improvement to my time management has been indescribable. Um, you know, I'm I'm the keeper of my own diary now. Um, things aren't put onto me. Uh, I I can manage things with the support of the company, which is incredibly positive. Um, and and tutors are saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, in in some respects, when when a professional chooses to come out of schools be it temporarily or, or permanently there is a bit of a sadness because there's so much to enjoy there and there's so much um, love and warmth and positivity in schools to to enjoy um, but the reality is that for many people that is not a sustainable um, way of life and uh, you know Rebecca and I in the future who knows what might happen we may find ourselves back in schools who knows um, and it's great to have that opportunity to to go back in especially you know when you're a, a well qualified and well experienced teacher um, but for now for for me and for the tutors that I speak to this is the the right way of working um, and it has improved my well-being um, infinitely actually yeah excellent I'm really pleased to hear that. That makes me smile. So thank you so much to the ladies today. I think um, I think absolutely I, I used to teach sort of uh, quite a few years ago and definitely there's been a real shift in the feedback that, that my um, my peers that I speak to who are still remained in the classroom and and I think tutoring is is a viable option for people that do want to sort of consider different alternatives, but keep supporting the pupils that they want to in in the way that they want to. So very much as you shared, Rebecca, you can tailor it and and make it fit to the the areas that you're comfortable with, and and you feel confident that you can really make a difference. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm, I really enjoyed a bit of self-reflection myself as well, actually going through uh, these conversations. So they're really, really valuable. Um, if you want to find out more about support, we we have got, as I mentioned, the Positive Classroom Partnership. We're going through our current cohort at the moment, but there will be additional um, professional development available to support if you feel that you need to access wellbeing. 
Um, and we've also got a number of sort of tuition support courses as well um, through Thirsty Scholars Partnership. In our next After the Bell podcast, we're actually moving on to focus to support early career teachers and also their mentors. Starting out as an early career teacher is, is quite a big ask and quite a big daunting focus. So we're keen to kind of offer out some support again um, around sort of areas that you can perhaps focus on, um, including things like making time and, and disciplining and being organised yourself. Um, which will be uh, very significant. So we're going to start by focusing on the early career framework and what it is. Um, and you can join us next week to find out um, more around that. Thank you for listening today to After the Bell. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you very, very soon.